This is the Magellan Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate through EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics, such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In this episode, we speak to Ioannis Mispinas, Head of Safety and Security Unit at the European Maritime Safety Agency, also known by the abbreviation EMSA. Ioannis tells us about the history of EMSA and how it affects the maritime policies of EU member states and beyond. Good morning, Ioannis, and thank you for joining us in this podcast. Could you, to begin with, please briefly present yourself and the organization that you work for? Yes, uh, thank you, and good afternoon. My name is uh, Ioannis Mispinas. I'm Greek. And to give you very shortly a bit of background, I'm an ex-Merchant uh, Marine Deck Officer. I have worked for 20 years in the Greek Coast Guard, being Port State Control Officer, Flag State Inspector, Marine Environmental Protection Officer, Policy Advisor. I'm also an ex-Project Officer in the European Maritime Safety Agency for Environmental Protection. And since June 2019, I am the Head of Unit in EMSA for Ship Safety and Security. Well, in this context, my duties are more or less to deal with uh, technical and scientific work of the agency in relation to safety standards, marine equipment, accident investigation, port state control, flag state implementation, maritime security, cybersecurity, you name it. And I'm also the head of the management unit of Equasis, which is run by EMSA. So very quickly about my organization, it was set up in 2002 with the overall objective to ensure a high uniform and effective level of maritime safety and security, as well as uh, for the prevention and response to pollution caused by ships and oil and gas installations. EMS is a decentralized agency which is set up to cooperate with member states and the commission and to provide them with technical, operational and scientific assistance in the fields that were just mentioned to you. Mm -hmm. So you already almost answered my second question that I had in mind and which is about the fact that EMSA was founded exactly 20 years ago in 2002, as you said. Why then and not before or after? Was there a special event that caused, let's say, the funding of, of EMSA? Well, yes, actually, the agency was founded 20 years ago in the aftermath of some disasters, some big disasters at that point, which was the maritime accidents of Erika and Prestige. Uh, mm-hmm. These accidents were, and of course, the respective huge environmental disasters generated a public debate at that point of time. And of course, the political will then led to a number of major European maritime safety initiatives, and including, of course, the establishment of the agency by regulation at that time in 2002, with the aim of providing a source of huge support to the Commission and the member states in the field of maritime safety and for the prevention of pollution from ships. Of course, after that, there were a huge number of amendments and they have refined and uh, enlarged uh, the agency's mandate to cope with evolving challenges related to maritime security, response to marine pollution caused by oil and gas, gas installations, coast guard functions, cooperation, etc. Mm-hmm. And how does EMSA actually affect the maritime policies of other EU member states and what power does it have? Yes, it's an interesting question. Well, EMSA basically is a technical EU agency which provides technical expertise and possibly operational assistance in the field of maritime safety, security, sustainability, simplification and surveillance. 
In this context, EMSA provides the Commission and the Member States with detailed technical knowledge and acts as a reliable and respected point of reference in the maritime sector in Europe, but of course in worldwide as well. Another important role relates with the monitoring of how EU maritime laws are being implemented, evaluating as well their overall effectiveness. In addition, the agency may provide governments and maritime authorities with operational assistance and reliable data about what happens at sea in real time to help them implement mm -hmm. maritime policies effectively. So overall, the agency is a service provider, I would say, to the member states and to the European Commission. So in this sense, of course, it has an impact and may affect the adoption and implementation of maritime policies in the EU. But I wouldn't claim that the agency has any institutional role for the formulation and adoption of these policies. We should probably mm -hmm. see it rather as a, an innovative and reliable partner and a knowledge hub for the European maritime cluster, I would say. However, it does also take a reactive role sometimes, at least that's what I found out when I did some research. Uh, for example, it can provide member states with oil recovery ships in case of major spills at sea. Does this mean that EMSA has its own emergency fleet and can be operational on the field? Well, most of the EMSA's tasks are preventive, of course, uh, but some are reactive, such as, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, providing EU countries with oil recovery ships and equipment in the event of a major spill at sea and maybe detecting marine pollution through satellite surveillance as well. So in this regard, EMSA, I would say it tops the EU member states' response capabilities in case this is requested by a member state. Indeed, although the agency does not have its own fleet of pollution response vessels, however, we have a fleet of contracted vessels spread around Europe, and they are standing by to assume operations on the field in very short notice. Can you specify what kind of fleet is this? Well, it's, it's a fleet of specialized uh, vessels who are contracted by the agency and they are also mm -hmm. equipped with equipment that belongs to the agency or it belongs to the ships. And they are readily available within 24 hours to operate on our, let's say, request. If we, of course, we have a request by the respective member states who deals with pollution response incident and they can be activated and they can support to the member states fighting the oil pollution at sea. Okay. And what is EMSA's relation with the International Maritime Organization, the IMO? Uh, EMSA and IMO have the same overall objective, which is, of course, a safe, secure and clean maritime industry. However, it, I would say that IMO is the global regulator of shipping, while EMSA is a regional technical organization aiming at supporting the European Commission and the EU member states in the maritime field. So there is a fundamental difference here. Of course, under this capacity, the agency works within the context of the IMO and cooperates with the IMO Secretariat, not as an IMO party or as an intergovernmental or non-governmental organization within the IMO, but usually EMSA is being part of the European Commission delegation and it acts with the European Commission and in coordination with the EU member states. In this context, EMSA has an active presence in many of the IMO committees and subcommittees, providing notably technical and scientific input, working on EU submissions, participating in many working and correspondence groups, presenting studies with valuable input for the IMO work. The agency is also increasingly active in relation to data sharing issues, and it works with the IMO in this regard when it comes to data bases and tools hosted by EMSA. For example, we host the European Marine Casualty Information Platform, so-called EMSIP, and we are exchanging information and data with the IMO in this regard, and etc. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And uh, now getting back a bit more to the EU field, let's say. In December, you co-organized together with Magellan the Lash Fire Fire Safety at Sea Conference, which got a lot of attention. Uh, how does EMSA support EU projects and are there any others relevant to mention from your side? Well, EMSA does not normally participate in EU-funded research projects, I would say. Mm -hmm. However, we are often asked to participate in the advisory board of different projects, and we may do so if two important conditions are met. First, the project uh, has to be already been awarded by the European Commission, and the project has to be directly relevant to files that we're working on currently, which again are prioritized by our administrative board and particularly from the European Commission. So if we assume that finally EMSA is, becomes part of the advisory board of an EU-funded project, we try to share our technical expertise and advise with the project accordingly, while we may also share data from our databases like MSIP and Marinfo and other databases as well. Apart from this role, EMSA may also act as the connecting link between the researchers and the European Commission and eventually IMO as well. Uh, EMSA, we also advise DG research on the future calls of projects based again on the fact that we are an agency that we are closely monitoring a part of research projects related to the maritime industry. Uh, finally, I would say that the reply would be incomplete if I did not mention that EMSA funded projects uh, are also uh, part of this uh, legacy and they have, I would say, they have had in the past a significant impact on rulemaking as well. Some notable examples are the studies we conducted on damage stability, the so-called EMSA 1, 2, and 3, the fire safe 1 and 2 projects, which were the predecessors of the last fire, the steer safe study, which was published last year, and several others as well. The scope of these studies is normally much smaller than the EU-funded projects, of course, but they are much more targeted on specific issues, and therefore they manage to produce, I would say, significant results. Mm -hmm. And finally, in your opinion, how do you think the maritime accident response will look like in, let's say, 2050? Well, on this last question regarding the maritime accident response, I think the answer is a bit of a speculation. The point is that we do not even know how accidents will happen in the future, meaning that mm -hmm. if we will have a mix of unmanned and conventional vessels, it will be difficult to predict the way failure may, may occur. For example, mm -hmm. we have seen in autonomous vessels testing failing in ways that were completely unexpected, although it is usually omitted that apart from the unexpected failure, their safety records uh, were, were exceptional. Anyway, to reply to your question, I dare to guess that maritime accident response would comprise of a fleet of unmanned vessels or even ARPAs with appropriate sensors, equipment to address multiple needs and challenges on search and rescue, salvage operations, and fire and pollution response for the fuel that will be used by ships in 2050. Okay, which could also still, when you say unmanned vessels, it could bring other dangers like cyber attacks and so on. Yes, I, I totally agree with what you say, and cybersecurity is one of the elements that will probably be one of the most important one in the near future. It's already a very important element when we deal with uh, overall safety of uh, shipping nowadays. And of course, for unmanned vehicles, this is becoming a crucial element in uh, how, how would be the, the risks and how would be 
the accident response in the near future or in the longer future, I would say as well. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, Johannes, thank you very much for this interesting conversation. It was nice uh, talking to you and I wish you a nice rest of the day. Thank you very much. My pleasure as well. And I'm wishing you all the best to your work as well. If you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan, check out our website at www.magellan-association.org.